Betting Preview Podcast from Pregame.com. Pregame.com. Broadcasting straight from the Las Vegas Strip. Vegas, baby. With your host, R.J. Bell. I saw him on ESPN. Can I call Marco Daddy? VR seems wild. Louisville at Southern Miss. Marco, who do you like and why? And this is the St. Petersburg Bowl. Big time. One of the classics. <laughs> Big time stuff here. This is a situation. I actually like Louisville in this game. Uh, they come into the bowls with momentum. And a lot of times, you know, you talk about motivation in, in the bowl games. Who's here? Do they want to be here? Louisville had to win the final Saturday of the season to get bowl eligible. So you definitely got that momentum. And you could say, well, maybe they're just happy to, to have made the bowls. But I like the way they finished the season. They were a young team in a rebuilding season. Getting to a bowl is very big for these programs because it gets them an extra month. All right, so you make a good uh, – no, make that point. They get an extra month of practice that they wouldn't have gotten had they not made a bowl, which is a major help for them next football season. To me, the play-ons with bowls are the – teams that are hyper-motivated, and there's a couple reasons why. One, you're in a great bowl. You're, you know, Utah playing in the Sugar Bowl or whatever a few years ago, and it's just it's an, it's an achievement, right. and you want to perform well. The second is a team in a lesser bowl that getting to that bowl is a step in the right direction. I can remember way back when my buddy was uh, playing at Kansas State when I was in college, and and uh, right after, you know, they were horrible, 88 through 92 or whatever. Uh, but they finally made a bowl. I think it might even have been before we graduated. Uh, but he became a coach after. So he was there that whole time. They were so excited. You know, they were oh and whatever a couple years ago. They were in a bowl. It was a crappy bowl, but they were excited. Then you see a team like a Miami of Florida or something. Mm-hmm. They'll make a bowl. And it's like th- those guys are mad. They had to practice that month. Yeah. They're mad they're traveling to some hick town. So... To me, I really agree with you as a general college bowl handicapping tenant that, that you want to play a team that's motivated, and one of the key ways a team can be motivated is a team that's surging, that has a, a plan, and this is a springboard to next year. Now, you define Louis, or you identify Louisville as that type of team. I do. I, I like them the way they finish the season. I think they're a team that's coming from a better conference. I know the Big East gets a lot of raps. That football, they're not a strong conference, but I think they're better than Conference USA. No defense in that conference. Southern Miss scores a ton of points. They give up the points as fast as they score them. You know, Big East, actually, that's a fallacy. Uh, A friend of pregames, Chad Millman, who writes for ESPN, asked me to do a little research, and it should be published. Uh, We're taping on Wednesday here, so uh, on the 14th, so it should be out soon, is... He said, take all of the major conferences, look at their straight-up bowl record, look at their ATS for the last five years. Do you know the Big East in the last five years has over, I think they're 14 and 12, don't quote me on that, they have over a 50% ATS record in the bowls. So they've actually been favored, I think, in, in uh, 
16 of 26 bowls in five years. So they've played a lot of these games where, uh, you know, they seem to get beat up in that BCS game, but a lot of these minor bowls, they're the favorite, and they've been doing well, oftentimes against teams, not necessarily in this case, that aren't from BCS conferences, and they've just been able to, you know, do well because, I, I guess, the physicality. But the whole anti-Big East in the bowls is, is a fallacy. But in public perception, it, it's not. Which means there's value going with it, it. Exactly. That's what we're here to do is, is find the value. But in this game, is just what you're talking about. You've got a team where Southern Miss scores a ton of points and they're flashy and everything else. Louisville's coming in with a worse record, but they're the favorite in the game. So, I mean, that just proves you know what you're saying. In these lesser bowls, the difference in conference... I'm going to take Louisville. I like them in this game. Uh, it's not, you know. Give a, us your projection. I got Louisville 31-27. Uh, it's right around the number, but I'm going to go ahead and take Louisville to get the job done. Uh, it's not one of our bigger bowl plays. We've got some stronger ones coming up later in the podcast. A second tenet of mine with bowl handicapping is that bowls are just a whole different animal. It's almost like March Madness. There's just nothing like it. And because of that... I like experience in bowls. I like a proven history of winning from the coaching staff, not necessarily the program. But even the program, because oftentimes when coaches change, the trainers, the operation guys, the the people who's booking the travel, they stay the same. Now, not always, but oftentimes. So I look at a team like Louisville, and I think they've been in some bowl games, but they've only covered two of eight. So that does concern me just a little bit. And again, two of eight is you know the sample, but you can only play in one bowl game a year. So it's a team that hasn't done uh, that's two of eight. So it'd be two and six, two of eight, mm-hmm. um, and that's ATS. You know, it, it just I, I am I'm not so much concerned about Louisville here, just a little. But I want to get that message across mm-hmm. to the audience: is experience in bowl games, especially approving winning history, is huge. And it's funny because it kind of runs a little contrary to the motivation, which is, hey, the first-time teams are really excited. Yeah, they're motivated, but maybe they don't know what they're doing when it comes to a lot of these operational details. That's why handicapping is complicated. But if you can define a team that either is inexperienced in bowls or has done poorly, that's a factor in handicapping. I can't disagree with you. It's your turn to continue the conversation in the comment section with Marco and me. And next up, we're going to be talking about the Las Vegas Bowl. Great matchup, Utah versus Boise. Utah versus Boise State in the Las Vegas Bowl. Marco, who do you like and why? I like Boise State and the knee-jerk reaction. We always talk about motivation, and this is a game that's, that's clearly a big topic for both teams. But I think even though this is a letdown game for Boise State, they're the superior team and they will come out on top. That's the whole point of a letdown game is that the public doesn't value motivation enough. They look at the Saragon ratings or whatever the power rankings are and say, wow, I'm getting Boise. And it's at, you know, what number do you see right now? Uh, 17. I'm getting Boise at a reasonable price. 17, wow. That... I mean, it didn't really dawn on me that, 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 so wait, TCU went to Utah. TCU and Boise were considered equal teams at that point. Mm-hmm. And TCU was laying what? Do you remember? Was it seven? Uh, or was it three? I think it might have been three. I, don't I think know, it I was don't, three. Yeah. And now, so 
Utah was at home, so let's give it three points for that. So they were saying TCU was six points better. And now, since then, Utah got killed in that game. Since then, Utah lost to Notre Dame. Since then, Boise lost to Nevada as a 14-point favorite. So you got to say, in general, Utah's gone down a little, Boise's gone down a little bit because of that Nevada loss, clearly. Now, you would make the point Utah's gone down a little bit more, but an 11-point swing between the effective line of six and that? Well, Utah, once hey, they... Hey, Dustin, do it. Um, no, no, that's fine. I was going to have you check something out on the line, but with you, Purdue, that's good. No, I was saying, is I, how confident are you that line was three? I'm pre- almost sure now. I'm pretty sure it was three. All right, so let's assume that's right. It doesn't make any sense. Well, it's a situation, though, that from that loss, I mean, Utah went on to lose three of their next four games. Or, or excuse me, excuse me. They, in three of their next four, they were only they lost two of them, but they were held to seven, three, and 17 points. This Utah offense got shut down. Three or four games. They're going against the highest scoring team, you know, one of the highest scoring teams in football. That plays good defense, too, Boise State. But I... I that's that's what the public's saying. I get it. But my point is it was a TCU and Boise were equal teams. Can we agree to that? Yeah. All right. And and now you've got to make the case TCU's probably a little bit better after Boise losing to Nevada. You're putting – I know they were You can't lose point. as a 14-point favorite and not mean something. When you have the – they thought the national championship was on the if line. If they would have just won but not covered, would you have been okay I would have been – I would have thought less of them. See, the line is expectation. So if they win by 14, I think they meet expectation. They win by 17, they exceed it. They win by 10, they fall short of it. When you lose as a 14-point favorite, you fall short significantly. TCU's yet to fall short in any real way in any game this year. So to me, I'm taking – well, what's your TCU-Boise line on a neutral? Vegas says TCU's slightly favored, so Uh, be careful. I'm I'm lying – at most, I would have made it a three-point game. You know, for who? TCU. Well, that's even more in Vegas would make I it. I said so. at the most. Yeah. All right. So let's say, let's say TCU slightly better. So the effective line was six points in that game. Again, a three-point home team. Take it to a neutral. You're getting three at home. On a neutral, you're getting six. The, what has happened? Has Utah fallen that much out of favor, clearly in the public side they have, as you as a capper, have you adjusted the power rankings on Utah by 11 points? They haven't recovered from the TCU game. The, the well, team- what's, what makes you say that? That's the whole point of a bowl game is the fact that they've had a month or whatever. they got a great coach. Um, you know, that Notre Dame loss to me isn't, you know, it's not a good loss, but, I mean, they, they were less, less than a touchdown than they that. Came, they came back after the Notre Dame game. They went to San Diego uh, State. They were getting trashed in that game. They made a miraculous comeback in the fourth quarter to squeeze that game out. Then they played their rival game against BYU, came from behind again, but were held. You're saying they won won their last two games? They won their last two games and come from behind fashion in both of them. All right. So so in a way, I'm asking you a question. And, and, and all you got to do is say, yeah, I've adjusted Utah by 11 points. That right now, that if, if Utah played, you know, uh, whatever line I would have made for Utah the week before the TCU game, it's 11 points different against any team. A team they'd be laying 14 against, they're laying three against. Them. I agree with you 100%. You're paying a premium for Boise State. And there's motivation issues. 
See, I don't massive. Think this is the least motivated team I think in all the bowls. If they would have Boise. been, if they would have been least motivated, they wouldn't have hung up fifty points the game after they lost to Nevada when their when their national championship season went up in smoke the way they lost to Nevada. But against a team, it's like playing a sixth grader in basketball. You don't have to trying in a game like that doesn't mean all that much. And again, maybe you're right. Maybe this is such a well coached team. And I mean, the fact that Boise's even in the national championship picture is a heck of a statement for that coaching staff. Is maybe they can transcend motivation. But under your dream killer theory, this is trademark Marco D'Angelo, is we all know that the we've seen it in history. Remember Kansas State when they lost in the B, uh, Big 12 championship game, and then they went in Purdue. B, they were like double-digit favorite, if I recall. I don't remember the exact line. Got beat by Purdue. We see it in the Holiday Bowl. A lot of teams mm-hmm. that lose that time, they get killed. The players don't want to be there. Does Boise want to be here in playing in this game? I think Utah does. I think Utah is looking at redemption. I, I just don't see Boise being hyper-motivated. Apparently, they weren't motivated against TCU last year. In a BCS game, but they're going to be motivated in the Las Vegas Bowl? Well, it's, this team's been a freak all year. And if you go back to a lot of the tapes that me and you have done, because remember how many times they were the Friday night game? Yeah. And I said, the line's high. You're paying a premium for them. But they just kept covering. They just kept covering. The, who, who was talking about that? <laughs> I said, but, you're right. They transcended the wise guy approach. They were, just, they were just so much better. What I'm saying is I don't think they can transcend human nature, which is when you're disappointed, you don't try as hard as if you're really psyched. I agree with you, but I just haven't seen life in Utah either. And if Utah, go, if Utah, that. If Utah falls behind in this game, I don't see them being able to come back. Or I they don't have to come back. back. So they just got to lose by 17 or less. Okay. I smell a bet. You smell a bet? Let's go head to head, Dyson. You, you've, you've, I'm taking the 17 you want, for a nickel. You want it? All right. You Let's don't seem too happy. Well, I, it's, at this point, I just, I just want to buck you. <laughs> okay? So I, I'm, <laughs> I beat you in the mud. This is awesome. I should do this more often. All right. Any closing points? So you have a projection on this. I game. have Boise. Do you want to change it? No, I have Boise winning 43 to 20. I just think. 43. So give me two. How about I'll take 22 and lay 150? No. All right. <laughs> what a guy. Oh. <laughs> you know, you can't change. You know, there was a Cisco and Ebert once where actually in the middle of the thing, Ebert was making the point or whatever, and Cisco said, I'm changing it. I'm changing the thumb up to thumb down. You've yet never done that. Do you want to do it this no, time? Let me, Boise State has scored 31 or more points in every ball game this year. Every ball game this year. Utah, this is almost like uh, there was this old movie called Crossroads. If anyone has seen this movie, please comment. It had Ralph Macchio, the Karate Kid. Oh, God. And he was playing, he was a guitar player, and he went and, and found a guy, uh, uh, an old black bluesman that sold his soul to the devil. And the whole movie was about trying to find the devil to get his soul back. And it was all about, it was the old Robert Johnson myth about the uh, guitar player selling his soul to the devil. And they had this guitar off where Ralph Macchio would go like, and then the, uh, the devil would go, you know, it's almost like the devil went down to Georgia with the thing. And it was, um, it was an interesting movie. It was an interesting movie. But it, it's almost like you're saying, well, do you know they've scored 35 points? And I'm like, well, do you know Utah's 27 and 9 ATS is a dog? 
Good stuff. I mean, that's my point. This is a team that does very well. It, they got great coaching. So even as a 17-point dog, they're going to play, I think, hard, and they're going to game plan effectively. Go ahead. You got any other stats you want to? No, we're just going to. Guess how many of the last eight bowl games Utah covered? They've been in better bowls, and, and, they, and they've covered. How many of the last eight do you think Utah's covered? Probably at least six. Seven. But that's who you're betting against here. Okay. But Boise's covered seven of nine. Ted, okay. So I'll give you that credit. <laughs> All right, now it's your turn to continue the conversation. Oh, what's that? Oh, we had a coupon. All right, so this is our week two of the bowls. Yes. And we're giving a coupon each week, mm-hmm. like we do always. Hit us, Mark. All right. Well, since this is the Las Vegas Bowl, we're going to make the coupon Vegas 10. That's the word Vegas and the number 10. You're going to get $10 off. Just enter that coupon code at the checkout. And if it happens to be a $10 pick, it's free on RJ. Depends if it's a $9 pick. Well, you lost out because, you know. But you still get it free. You still get it free, but you don't get a dollar back. <laughs> All right, it's your turn to continue the conversation in the comment section with Marco and me. And next up, we're going to be talking, oh, Marco's best bet. Yeah. I hope it, I don't have to bet against you on this I one, I hope too. you don't. And I got another handicapping angle for the Bulls that we're going to be talking about in this Navy one. versus San Diego State. For the best deals from trusted sportsbooks, visit pregameaction.com. Navy, San Diego State. This is Marco's Best bet of the week in the bowls. Video best bet. Marco, who do you like and why? I like Navy in this game, and I've got motivational angles for you, and I've got fundamental angles for you why this play is the best. Start with motivation. Motivation. Well, first off, you've got a military school, which the, the academies, they, they're always focused. They're, you can assure that it's not a party atmosphere for them. So they're at the bowl games. They're going to have business at hand. You're going to look at a San Diego State team. A bowl game is supposed to be a reward for a good season. You go, you get to do something. Well, for your great season, you get to go to San Diego, California, and play in your backyard. Okay, so there's two ways to look at that. One is a, dis- one is a disappointment, but the second is they're going to be able to practice at their facility, they're going to be able to lift weights, you know, these teams go to these bowl games days and days, a week ahead in the bigger games. So don't you see the, uh, another side to that, too? There is another side to that. But to me, over the years, I feel crowd-wise, yes, going to be a huge advantage because you're going to have the San Diego back. Which is but, probably embedded in the line a little bit. Absolutely. It's embedded in the line for them to be this, this number. Now the, state, do, the stadium they're playing at, is that, is that uh, different than their normal stadium, or do you know? I believe it's it's um, they're playing at the uh, Colquam Stadium, so I'm not 100 percent sure if that's their natural. We should get Mike Hook on the line. He's our San Diego. Yeah, I, I I don't think so, but but we're uncertain of that. So maybe someone in the comment section can clear that up. But go ahead. But this is a situation. I just it's a reward. You, the bowl game is a reward for a good season, and I just don't feel that a team will be as enthused sitting playing at home in their own. Now, you, 31 years you've been doing this. Is is this a trend you've seen? In these lesser bowls, yes. Right. Now, if it's, you know, if you have like a Miami of Florida yeah, 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 yeah. in the Orange Bowl, I mean, that's a different story. But in this situation, yes. The other factor we have, you've got an option attack here. Now, the advantage for San Diego State is they don't see that type of offense that often, but they've got a month to prepare for and that it. was my main point in this game, is quirky offenses are at a disadvantage 
because the teams have so much time to prepare for. That's when we get to the fundamental, and that's why this is a big play. All right, go ahead. They just played last week. Navy played a late game against Army, so you don't have that normal month off for the rustiness of a Navy team. Normally, just what you said, these quirky offenses that are, are based on timing, the option attacks, that month off makes them come out that first quarter and be flat, rusty, their, their timing's off. They just had a game 12 days ago. It'll be 12 days between games. So, so that's a good point, but it, I, think, I think you make a good point. Timing-based, quirky offenses, I think there's two reasons they're at a disadvantage in bowls. One is the rush factor, which you're making the point is mitigated here. Right. But the second is the opponent has a lot longer to prepare for. Absolutely. That's the benefit to San Diego State. They have more time to prepare for it. But I, I like this Navy team. Nobody's been able to stop them, even teams that played them the year before, that you know have faced this offense before. They score their points. Navy has won seven of, the, of their last eight games to finish the season. The only game they lost this year was an understandable flat spot for them. It was the week after they beat Notre Dame. And I know Notre Dame's a down team, but there's still such a mystique with Notre Dame that when you beat Notre Dame, there's a natural letdown spot. For no, I team. agree. I like this Navy team. They've, uh, we talked about bowl history is important. They've covered five of six bowl games. And they've won six straight as an underdog, so they're not afraid. Uh, you know, they, they step up when, when, when they are overmatched maybe physically. And San Diego State's not a team that I would put in that category of a, you know, a physical team. They, they, they score a lot of points. They give up a lot of What's points. What's the most recent line is? Most recent line is the line is coming down. It's down to four and a half, San Diego State minus four and a half, and the over-under 60 and a half. All right, give us your projection. I got Navy outright, folks. 38-31, high-scoring game. Both teams are going to go up and down the field, but I like Navy to put it in the end zone one more time. I kind of agree with you on this one. Good move. Now, what's your record on? 10-5. Uh, and five. 66%. 66%, yes. Not so bad. Not so bad. Now, it's your turn to continue the conversation. And, and just to be clear, that's on your video best bets you do each week, 10 and 10 five. and 5. But 15 weeks of the season. So Continue far. the conversation in the comment section with Marco and me. And next up, we're going to be talking Christmas Eve, Tulsa versus Hawaii. And another example, this is in Hawaii. See you then. Tulsa versus Hawaii in the Hawaii Bowl. Marco, who do you like and why? I'm going to take Tulsa plus the points. I think this is going to be a game where both teams are going to go up and down the field. But we talk about motivation so much in these bowl games. And this is a perfect example of one of these early bowls, lesser bowls, where, you know, dogs have, a, you know, a tendency to cover more because there's just not as much intensity in these early bowls as you have when you get later when the stakes are higher. So why would the dogs cover, why would the dogs benefit from a lack of intensity? Lack of intensity, I always say, comes out more on the defensive end of a, of a ball game and effort and when you're getting points and if you're the team that, let's face it, when you look, all these teams know that they're, what the spread is on the game when these players play. They know they're not supposed yeah. to win. So they got a little bit more motivation than the team that's favored. Or is it, is it that I think in the big games, like the BCS games, the dogs have a big advantage because of that. We're going to prove them wrong factor. I think it's the other side of the coin when there's a dog in a lesser bowl, which is the favorite takes it for granted. 
I think it's more than the other teams just so motivated. It's a, hey, we're supposed to win this game doesn't mean that much anyway. Because actually, if you look at the history, the early bowls are more dogs. The later bowls have a tendency to be more of the favorites until you get to those final couple, like you said, the big BCS bowls where you know, they are looking at that, the, you know, you're number one, you know, and I'm number two, but I want to I prove they're wrong. To me, the whole motivation angle brings up one of, I think, the under-discovered tenets of bowl handicapping, which is I like dogs on the money line, and I rarely do that. But I've really seen, and, and I never like favorites on the money line. I think that there's polarized extreme results. You don't always know who's going to be motivated, but usually one team is, or oftentimes one team is and one team isn't, and it's usually not a tight game and the plus four matters. Mm-hmm. It ends up being the underdog wins by 21 points. The variance from the spread in bowl games is a lot higher than the regular season because motivation is so hard to handicap sometimes by the odds makers or by handicappers. And you're throwing in, you're not dealing with a home field. In, you know, the bowls are neutral too, so you don't have an advantage there where you're going on public perception. The handy, the odds makers don't have as tight of a line. And, and I think that the you know, it's funny, this is getting kind of statistical. I think they're probably just as good in picking who's going to cover. Like a team A, you know, in theory, if you're making a true line, team A is going to cover 50%, team B is going to cover 50%. I think that Vegas is no worse off, you know, close to 50-50 on both. I just think whatever side covers is oftentimes further away from the line. It's an extreme result. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like I wish I had a, a board here. It's almost like if you had a line and you drew had a circle in the middle of it and uh, or if you had a line down the middle of it and you say everything on this side's team A winning, everything on this side team B's winning. In the regular season, a lot of the dots are gonna be clustered right around the point spread with fifty percent being on one side, fifty on the other. I think in the bowls, it's probably close to 50-50 on each side, but the, the dots are way down the line where his team covered by 30 points. Right. And, it, and which means two things. Play money lines with the dogs often. Don't play money lines with the favorites because you're buying down points that probably won't matter. And don't play teasers because those points mean less. Yeah. Points mean less. And I might do a webcam and really break this down. Actually, I can have some paper and some dots and the mm-hmm. whole thing. There you go. All right, so anything else on this game? Now, I'm going to look at this. Hawaii uh, is a good ball club. I mean, they've, they've played well this year. They finished the season on a 9-1 and one run. They're only lost to Boise, so no shame there. But this is a bowl they're in every year. You know, it's not a great reward, you know, for this team. I understand. That's what you said. We're going to go with the dog here. I think Tulsa's going to be happy to be here. They've got a good offense. This is a lot of points, and this line has come down. The Sharps jumped on this early. This line opened up 13.5, and, and it's down to 10.5. What's your projection? I've got actually Hawaii winning, but I got it 38-35. Take Tulsa plus the points. Tulsa has covered 8 of 9. Makes you like them, right? I think they're playing well. Hawaii's covered 13 of 16. So both these teams are exceeding expectations this year. And just to be clear, because we talked about this a little earlier with San Diego State playing at, in their home city, you look at that as a disadvantage, and it's driven by, as you said, motivation is, oh, we're not getting to go anywhere. Now, would you agree with the following? Usually a road tr- trip to Hawaii is a real negative. They have a bigger home field typically because of the travel. 
Would you agree that during a bowl game when the, the opponent's able to come out earlier, and if anything, it's the polar opposite. Hawaii's disappointed, but Tulsa gets to sp- spend, these guys get to spend a week in Hawaii. Um, would you say the home field is lessened because of the fact that they have uh, enough prep time to get there early, get acclimated to the time zone and the weather and the humidity and all that I stuff? I agree with you on all of that. The other point that I'll say, though, on Hawaii as opposed to the San Diego State game where I talked about. San Diego State doesn't go to a bowl every year, and when they got the bowl and then it ended up being in their home city, it's a disappointment. Hawaii's in this bowl almost every single year. So that means you can't be too excited about it. You can't be too excited, but going in, I think they already know where they're going to end up. You know, So it's, not, it's a letdown, but it's almost not as big of a letdown because you knew pretty much that's where you're going to be. So like if you ask a model out and they, she turns you down, it's like, well, you expected it. Well, I guess you'd be the one to know. <laughs> I do travel in the circles of the models. <laughs> Getting turned down? <laughs> You know, and you're that, allowed to laugh, you know, Dustin. Don't and, hold it back. You know, in that one, 50% is not so bad. Though. <laughs> There's no juice. Well, All right, let's, let's just wrap this one up. <laughs> Merry Christmas, everybody. This one's on Christmas Eve. We'll Mark, just... take us out. You've never <laughs> taken us out before. All right. We'll be back with our next video. We're going to be looking at Christmas Day, and I know that's where I want to be, Detroit City. <laughs> Little Caesars Bowl. Hey, before you start, Dustin, is he red on camera right now? It's Christmas. Yeah. It's <laughs> Christmas. That's my Christmas face. We'll be back. <laughs> it's hard to say it, but I will. This is a bowl game, Florida International versus Toledo. But the good thing is you can still bat it. Marco, i got to tell you, if this was a water cooler show, I'd be talking about this is this – is, um, Evidence number one that there's too many bowl games. <laughs> but we can bet on them, and the books take a big bet on these games. So who do you like hey, and why? It's Christmas Day. Do you think Johnny Detroit's going to be at the I think it's the 26th, right? Uh, no, this one's on uh, Christmas Day, ain't it? Oh, you got that. The uh, notes you sent some, me. Uh, well, okay. Uh, no, I have it Saturday, December 25th. There you go. It uh, is Christmas Day. That makes it even worse. Okay. Christmas Day in the Motor City. Johnny Detroit, i got to find out if he's got tickets for this one or not. I'm oh, sure. that's the old Motor City Bowl? That's the old Motor City Bowl. It's now the Little Caesars Bowl. Pizza, pizza. <laughs> you remember the commercials? You know, guys, we've done a lot of videos today. I think Marco's, Marco's blood sugar's down. All right, give us a win. If we got to watch it, let's win some money. All on. right. Well, we're going to take Florida International. This is a situation where... This is a team that fought their way into the bowl game. They had, at the end of the season, uh, they had to win uh, four straight to become bowl eligible to, to get here. So here's a team that got better at the end of the season. We talked about getting that extra month of practice time with the bowl game that would definitely benefit this program. And this is a team that if you look at the beginning of the season, you know, a lot of people talk about playing cupcakes. Well, they were the cupcake for the other teams because they opened the season. They played three consecutive road games early in the year against Texas A&M, Maryland, and Pitt. And I think it's going to serve them. Those beatings will serve them more here. Got this team tougher. And I think they're going to beat this Toledo team that really, I can't see Toledo being excited. They are only traveling 60 miles down the road to get to this game. Oh, wait a minute. So what did Toledo do? To, was this a forced placement game for them? Uh, for Toledo? Who, where's the MAC champion go? 
But Toledo wasn't the MAC champion. Okay, no, that's what I was being sure of, or because um, we had talked about the big underdog loser. Okay, so you're so that's I I'm hearing everything you're saying. You're saying Toledo playing on Christmas Day, and you know on ESPN they're not going to be excited about. I don't see them being excited. No. Well, what? Where did they expect to be? I mean, that's what I'm saying. I, I agree with everything you're saying in general, but I, it just makes no sense. I think Toledo's going to be really hyped about this game. Well, because of the disparity, another thing that I'm looking at in this game is the line in this game. You've got a game that proximity definitely favors Toledo. Which is going to help them fill up the stadium. Help them fill up the stadium, and that's probably why they're in this bowl game is to sell tickets. Why is the line only, you know, two? And then the opening number was two and came down to one and a half. A well, Florida international team. So they're saying they think these are even teams, and you're giving Toledo two points for, for proximity, maybe maybe a point and a half. Does that not sound right to you? It sounds right, but I'm looking at John Q. Public that's going to look at this game and is going to bet it because it's the only game on Christmas Day. And they're going to say, Toledo and Florida. Who? All right, so what you're saying is that this is a trap game then. Is you're saying Toledo, though not a national power, is much more known, especially because of all the ESPN games for the MAC, right. than Florida International. That if they put this number out at three and a half, they'd probably get even action. They're putting this number out at two, and that means they're not afraid of Toledo action. They want Toledo action here. That makes you like Florida International. Hey, I think that's a heck of a point, but it has nothing to do with Toledo's motivation. Well, I just feel of the two, I think Florida International is going to be more motivated because this is something that they're not used to and they're going to be Or you could say about. a bunch of Florida boys going up to Detroit might not motivate it. They might be like. going up there, do some rapping, looking for Kid Rock and go to Eight Mile Road and everything else. Who knows? <laughs> I mean, I've heard from Johnny there's some great strip clubs in Detroit. <laughs> I hope to God, Dustin that your camera wasn't on his hands when he did the rap thing. <laughs> they weren't because we'd have to restart. Half a shot, I think. I got to phase it out. You know, we almost, we almost got to restart the video. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let the public vote on how absurd that just was. Well, Give us your projection. We've got Florida International, 27-23. Don't ever do that again. Okay. That's the CEO talking. <laughs> this is the only game I didn't have one note on. All year, I've been doing videos for two years, and I don't know if it was psychologically I was, I was protesting this matchup, or I just couldn't find anything. But Marco, you carried the day, and you did the right move. And uh, <laughs> this, this is the video when you want to tell your friends, like when you go back to PA and you say, "Guys, I'm a I'm an internet TV star." Show them this video. <laughs> Continue the conversation in the comments section with Marco and me. And next up, we're going to be talking, all right, Georgia Tech and Air Force. For free real-time odds, lines, and scores, visit pregamelines.com. Georgia Tech versus Air Force. And, Marco, I've, in the pre-show, we talked about your opinion. I love it here. Who do you like and why? I like the under in this game. You've got two option attacks, quirky offenses that, both teams know how to defend because they run options themselves, and you've got with an option attack timing issues. Teams, one team's been off thirty days, the other team's been off thirty-seven. So I think they'll come out and be a little rusty at the beginning. So of the usually, state. time off has two disadvantages for a quirky offense. One is if it's timing based, 
Two, the other team has a lot of time to prep for it. The fact that each of these teams face it in practice every day makes it even more the case. I love it. I mean, to me, that's something that's not going to be overly accounted for in the line. Uh, as I'm looking at the line move, it hasn't moved yet. Uh, 56 is a big number. Man, I think this is like a best bet level stuff. Well, it's, uh, you know, it's there. You know, five of Georgia Tech's last six games went under the number to finish the season as well. This offense has, you struggled even during the regular season. So give me some other uh, bullet points on this. I didn't have very much. I had uh, you know, Air Force is covered only two of nine. Georgia Tech has covered five of six. To me, the key is the offenses here. I think you hit a home run with that. Anything, uh, anything else to add to that? I mean, we hit all of my bullet points really in the first minute of the, of the show. I mean, Sometimes they're, they're... it's simple. Let, let me play devil's advocate for a minute. <clears throat> the number's 56. Mm-hmm. It's a big number. Someone like you might come in and say this feels trappy. Is you got a team, like you said, that's been going under... You've got two teams that are running a similar offense. Boy, the number is so high. So that, that's what I don't think a lot of viewers understand. Sometimes you'll look at a number and say, it's too good to be true. I'm fading it. Why aren't you saying that here? Situation, when it comes to over-unders, I know that lines are going to be put up higher because Vegas knows the public just loves to bet overs. So when I see a number... Especially the more public a game is, and when you get to a bowl game, and this isn't one of the biggest bowl games, but there's more people betting this game than... It's, the only, bowl, the, it's the only bowl game that day. Only bowl game on Monday. There's going to be a lot more people betting this. It's a much more public game than if these two teams played in week five of the college season. Thus... If anything, the more public a game is, the more shade towards the over there's going to be. So you're saying in, in something like totals, there's not enough action to ever really trap. I, I won't say there's not enough action to do it, but whenever less I see Less traps and totals. Less traps and totals, but I'd be more inclined if I saw a number low that I would say it's, it's more apt to jump to the trap side of the game if I think they really put a low number because they're enticing you to go over. So, they're gonna, so they're, by definition, a trap is going to give you an excuse with the number to play a side you want to play anyway. Absolutely. I, and since the public wants to play over, you think that they're, they're going to trap you by giving you a game that makes you want to play the over, not want to play the under. You know, that's a good, that, that's good. I hadn't really thought about that. That's, that's really interesting, actually. I'm going to write a little note on that. I also would say another difference is, is if what makes the play to you obvious towards the under, if it's something that the public itself wouldn't really consider, then it's hard to trap with knowledge the public doesn't consider. And this, to me, this idea of the similar offenses and the rush of the bowl season, that's a next-level type handicapping concept. So to me, maybe that's a good way to say it, is if the thing that offers value is obvious to the public, the lines maker knows that too, and they're offering it to them. If it's not obvious to the public, you're more inclined to take the value. Right. Last thing I hate to see is whenever we have an angle like that, and then you hear the talking heads on ESPN or something talk about the same thing. Then the cat's out of the bag. And if the Vegas is making it too easy to play that side, they probably want you to play that side. All right, give us your projection. I've got this game... Uh, 24-20. I actually have Air Force winning the game, but we're going to take it under the 56. I love it. 
your turn to continue the conversation in the comment section with Marco and me. And next up is my week two bowl game video best bet, and that's going to be Missouri and Iowa. Missouri versus Iowa. This is my week two bowl game best bet. Marco, why don't I let you start? I know we talked beforehand. I like Iowa here. Why don't you say you like Iowa, which makes me feel good. Why do you like Iowa? Well, this is a situation we talk about public perception. Public perception coming into this game is going to be all Missouri. They finished the season winning three in a row. Iowa, just the opposite, finished the season losing three in a row. But if you dig deeper into the Iowa three losses, what I see is Iowa lost the week before they played Ohio State. Look-ahead situation. Then they lose to Ohio State in gut-wrenching fashion. I mean, they played Ohio State tooth and nail the whole game. Then they have the carryover, hangover effect the next week to lose again. So here's a team that finished the season in the public's eyes horribly and are going to be dismissed looking at this Missouri team because they won three games. But if you look at Missouri's three wins at the end of the season, they came against Kansas State, who was overrated. They had a couple good games early. <coughs> we saw what they were later in the season. Iowa State, a bad team, and Kansas, a horrible team. They rolled over those three teams. Which is my point about Missouri. This is a team that is 5-12 ATS against winning teams. They've got a great, even back a couple years ago when they were in the national championship picture, they got a great offense against overmatched opponents. They look really good, but when someone can smack them in the mouth, they don't do as well. And the numbers back that up. And this Iowa team, like you said, very physical, Big Ten team, uh, probably undervalued a little bit. And this is the key to me, great bowl history. And we keep talking about it during these bowl games. Is bowls are a different animal. If you've done well historically, that's very meaningful. They've covered five of six bowl games. So motivated to turn things around. I, to me, it's just a simple public perception play. Is Missouri does not match up well against this type of team. And again, you might say, and you know, looking at the total of 47, it makes me feel a little bit better is if it is a track meet, Big Ten teams don't typically do well in track meets. And I also think this is public, too, where teams, you know, like public likes to bet against Big Ten teams in bowl games. And uh, I talked about it in another podcast. I did some research for Chad Millman at ESPN. He asked me to. And the Big Ten is, in the last five years, and I'm going off the top of my head here, is 18-22 and 22 ATS in bowl games. I'm almost sure of that, but don't hold me to it. I know they're about four games down. So, yeah, they've underperformed a little bit, but, but not near as much as people might think. So I think that the whole anti-Big Ten thing is a little strong. And to me, when you add it all up, I, see that. I think Iowa should be three here. Well, again, this is exactly it. <clears throat> you talk about the public perception angle of it and how people view the Big Ten. You've got a Missouri team that's got a 10-2 and record playing an Iowa team that's 7-5, and and they have the line Missouri minus one, basically just pick the winner. To me, for John Q. Public looking at this game, he's going to look and say, this game's being played on December 28th, but this is my Christmas gift because this is too good to be true.
which it's usually, if it's too good to be true, it probably is. That's right. It brings up one last point. Uh, I'll do my projection now, though. I've got Iowa 24-20 in this game. Um, and, uh, again, I think there's real value, but that's a good lesson. His real value is like four points. I yeah. actually got Iowa 27-20. So we agree that Missouri's scoring 20. Yeah. <laughs> it does bring up a good point. We're now a week plus uh, by the 28th when this game is being played into the bowl season. Another handicapping angle that starts to emerge now is how do conferences do? I read a very interesting article in uh, the New York Times Magazine written by the guy that does a blog, 538. He's a political guy, but he's a stats guru. He said that college football is almost impossible for a computer to really know who the best team is because there's so few cross-conference games. And that the fact is that if, if the Big Ten, let's say, is much worse than people think, then Iowa's record doesn't mean as much as we think it does. Or if the Big Ten's a lot better, Iowa's record is much better. Or, or Iowa is much better than the record. And since there's so few meaningful games in the pre-conference season, and since the Bulls, until the Bulls start, you really don't know how good these conferences are. In basketball, you see a lot more you know, cross-conference. I was just going to say, they get, it, they get it. You have all the Big Ten ACC challenges. And the computers are able to figure this stuff out. And, but here's the thing. Bowl season progresses you have the opportunity to start seeing how's the Big Ten doing, how's the Big 12 doing, and you've got to start applying that in your handicapping. So we're projecting this game more, uh, almost, uh, you know, almost two weeks ahead now. We're looking at this game as we record, and again, that's valid. In fact, a lot of these line moves have happened. The wise guys are firing on these mm-hmm. games. But if you're waiting to game day to bat, you've got some disadvantages because you, you know, all the lines have been touched up. But your advantage is you've got the knowledge of how these conferences are doing. Good point. I can't disagree with you, sir. Okay, now it's your turn to continue the conversation in the comments section with Marco and me. And that's it for this week. But then next week we're going to be looking at all the biggest bowl games, including New Year's Day. And we'll be looking at the final week of the NFL season. So very exciting. Enjoy the holidays, guys.